Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Before we do get started, I want to let listeners know that uh, if you like detective shows, I've got a great uh, book, ebook called All I Needed to Know I Learned from Colombo. In it, we take life lessons from seven great detectives of literature, radio, and television and examine life lessons that can be learned from their particular character and stories. It is available for the Kindle, the Nook, and in the iBook store. Or you can also download directly from Smashwords.com. In addition, it's available as an audiobook in the iTunes store or through Audible.com. Well, today we're going to uh, wrap up or begin over the next two weeks to wrap up all of the episodes of Manhunt that we didn't play opposite Johnny Dollar uh, stories. So today's episodes from 1944, The Clue of the Stairway Slain, and The Clue of the Legal Loophole. Manhunt. The Clue of the Stairway Slain. That led to manhunt. No crime has been committed. Yet. No murder has been done. Yet. No manhunt has begun. Yet. Jackson. It's 2 a.m. at the Fulton Warehouse. All quiet. A little lonely, but all quiet. Uh, when the relief watchman comes, have him bring up some coffee, will you? Thanks. I'll go on. Hold everything. I've got to see what's happened. Hey, you! You, coming down those stairs! Stop! Into the quiet of a waterfront warehouse, death blasts an announcement of its presence. Man-made death, called on the police records by a much uglier name. Murder. Who will avenge the death of the watchman? Who will solve the secret of his murderer's identity? Who will start the manhunt? Manhunt and the clue of the stairway slaying. <laughs> I got to laugh, too. I got it. Sometimes an old-fashioned cop like me can get results, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what are you laughing at, though? Come on across the hall to my office. Okay. You know that the watchman at the Fulton Warehouse was shot to death at 2 o'clock this morning? Yes, I know. Is that what's breaking you up? No, no. I got to laugh at the... Come on, come on, I'll tell you. All right, I'm with you. You remember Don Andrews. You helped send him up for a warehouse robbery five or six years ago? Yes, I remember him. Well, he got out yesterday. When I heard this was a warehouse job, I grabbed Andrews. So you know what? What? He admits he was at the Fulton Warehouse last night, but... Let him tell you himself. He's in my office now. You, you'll die laughing. Come on in. Hello, Andrews. Hi. Tell him your story, Andrews. Give him a laugh, too. I don't know what's with this hyena. Look, Stevens, I got out of prison yesterday, and I did steal a truckload of stuff from that warehouse at midnight last night. But I don't know anything about any murder or any $50,000 either. What $50,000, Bill? A safe was blown open in the office of Jordan and Company. Third floor of the warehouse. Fifty grand is missing. Say, that's a lot of loot. As I remember it, you don't ever carry a gun, do you, Andrews? No. That's why I only got five to ten years for my last job. Make this guy lay off, will you, Stevens? He's trying to pin a murder rap on me. What do you mean, trying to? It's a cinch. Hey, Drew, where are you going? Maybe Andrews didn't kill the watchman, Bill. Are you kidding? I'm going up to Jordan's office to find out who cracked that safe so I can crack this case. May I help you? I'm Drew Stevens, please. Oh, hello. My name is Jane Jordan. My father owns this firm, and I work for him. Please come in. Thank you. Miss Jordan, I wonder if I could take a look at that safe that was blown and robbed last night. Oh, yes, I suppose so. It's in Dad's private office. That's right, or I'll open the door for you. The police said to keep it locked. Thanks again. I have the key right here. Uh-huh. There. There. Come on in. Uh-huh. Hey, somebody did a mighty fine job on that safe. The door's completely off. You, uh, know about this safe, don't you, Mr. Stevens? Know about it? What do you mean? Well, it... That is, it was the only one of its kind in the country. Specially built and burglar-proof, it is alleged. That it is alleged sounds like newspaper man talk. Hmm? They qualify everything, you know. It is reported according to the police. It is alleged. Stuff like that. Oh, I come by that, honestly enough. I worked on my college paper. Staff photographer. Oh, is that so? Mm-hmm. What'd you work with? A speed graph lab? No, I do candid camera work mostly. Uh-huh. Well, Mr. Stevens, you've been squatting there by the safe for a whole minute now. What have you found? Promise you won't tell anybody? Cross my heart. Okay, then. I haven't found a thing. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> Mr. Stevens, uh, maybe this might help you. Mm-hmm. The people who built this safe gave Dad several possible combinations. Mm-hmm. He was to select one of them and to set the tumblers himself, which he did so that he was the only man in the world who could open that safe without having to force it. Oh, I see, but I don't think that means anything, considering the fact that somebody did blow it open. But thanks, just the same. Well, Mr. I... Stevens, could I go with you wherever you're going? I could take pictures of whatever you're doing, and maybe they'd be valuable to you later on. Have you got your camera with you? No, I've got a secret for you. Hmm? I always have my camera with me. <laughs> my turn to like that. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you, Miss Jordan, but all I'm going to do is make a routine phone call. I'll come into my office and make it then. You can sit at my desk, and I'll snap your picture while you're calling. Oh, all right. Oh, see that I come out handsomely here. Well, I'll do my best. Go ahead, sit over there at the desk while I lock up here. All right. Fine sitting there. I'll get my camera right here. Okay, but I'm not responsible for broken lenses. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Stevens, turn a little bit more this way, will you please? Like this? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hello, Businessmen's Protective Service. Hello, this is Drew Stevens, police. 
Say, Fred Jackson, the watchman who was killed this morning, was one of your men, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Well, I'm just doing some routine checking. How often did he report to your office during the night? He came on at midnight, the same as I did. See? Checked in every hour on the hour. We've got a phone booth on the second floor of the warehouse. Well, he was killed at 2 a.m. on the dot, our report says. That's right. He was talking to me on the phone. Then I heard a dull explosion and Fred put the phone down. Not more than three seconds later, I, I heard the shot that killed him. How many seconds later? Uh, three or four. Maybe five. Not more. Anything else? No, no, nothing else. Thank you. Uh, except to tell you that you've been very helpful. You see, you practically told me who murdered Fred Jackson. Don't stop me, will you, Bill? I can't stand people looking over my shoulder while I'm working. All right, then tell me what you're doing. I'm thinking. Bill, the Jordan office is on the third floor of the warehouse, right? That's right. Okay. The watchman was calling in from the second floor when the explosion was heard. The pistol shot that killed him followed almost immediately. Got those facts? Jordan office on third floor. Watchman on second floor. Explosion and pistol shot almost together. I got that, but still I got nothing. You're going to get credit for an arrest, Bill. That's something. I just hold everything while I put this all together. Put this together, he says. What for? Don Andrews stole that 50 grand and killed the watchman. I'd bet my badge on it. Oh, uh -uh, you're liable to be awful cold under the lapel this winter, Bill. I get this. Somebody has to blow the Jordan safe, take the money out of it, run down the hall, down a flight of stairs, and kill the watchman all in three seconds. Andrews could have done it. He's fast. Uh-uh. Nobody could have done it. It's impossible, Bill. Now, here's what actually happened. The safe was opened by somebody who knew the combination. Then it was fixed to blow open as a cover-up while a thief was halfway down the stairs. A few seconds later, the watchman fired at them and was killed. Okay, I won't argue with you. You say it was done that way, then that's the way Don Andrews did it. Oh, I'm a little tired of saying this, Bill, but Andrews didn't do it. Only one person knew the combination of that safe. Thomas Jordan, the man who owned the company. Yeah, but what about Don Andrews? He's no murderer, Bill. You know, if I were you and I were looking for Fred Jackson's killer, I wouldn't pick on Andrews, but I'd pick up Thomas Jordan... Oh, Miss Jordan, is your father at home? Why, yes, he is. He's in the library. Uh, won't you come in? Yes, thank you. Come on, Bill. Uh, right this way, please. Um, Dad? Oh, Dad? Yes, Jane. Uh, Dad, these two gentlemen are from the police. Mr. Stevens and Mr. Morton. How are you? How, How do you do? Two gentlemen? Uh, won't you sit down? Thank you. Oh, uh, Mr. Stevens, I'm developing the picture I took of you at the telephone this afternoon. It ought to be about ready now. I'll go and see if uh, it is. Don't bother. Oh, well. Now, Mr. Jordan, maybe it's best that your daughter has left. We have some rather personal questions to ask you. Yes? What are they? Just what is your present financial situation? Well, you can see for yourself. This house, my business. They look fine, Mr. Jordan, but appearances could be deceiving. Uh, just why are you asking me these questions, Mr. Stevens? You don't understand why, huh? I'll tell uh, you. Oh, never mind. Mr. Jordan, we know you were the only living person who knew the combination of your safe. That's correct. I originated the combination, never told it to anyone, and in fact, never even wrote it down. Well, your safe was blown open after it was robbed, Mr. Jordan. That's why I want to know, could you have used the $50,000 that was in it for some, well, shall I say, personal reason? To be frank about it, Mr. Stevens, I could have used that money. This house is mortgaged. That money in the safe was not mine. We were agents, you see, and we were given that money to pay for the shipment of woolens. Well, you're honest enough, aren't you? Well, why not? I have nothing to hide. Well, here's your picture, Mr. Stevens. It's still wet from the hypo. Looks like it came out pretty well, though. Oh, thanks. Uh, would you excuse us a minute, please, Miss Jordan? We have Not to... till you look at my picture. All right. 
Yes, very good. <laughs> Thanks. Well, you've got a wonderful camera, Miss Jordan. Photographs every detail. Well, even the numbers on the telephone dial are readable. Say, this letter on your desk. Hmm? I swear it. May I keep it? You can see a letter in that picture? Let me have uh, it. Just a second. No. they grabbing. I know this makes me pretty much of a social outcast reading other people's mail. But I see why this letter is important. Very important. I think it tells me why you robbed your father's safe. I did not. What? Give me that photograph. Give it to me. Do you hear Jane. me? I want Jane. the photograph. Keep her Give quiet, it Bill. Me. Bill, yeah. keep her quiet. I'll read the rest of this letter now. You make out most of it, okay? Keep your hands off me, you. Go ahead, Mastermind. Read it. Hmm. Jack Barnes, the gambler. And it says that unless Miss Jordan pays him the $35,000 she lost at roulette in his place, he's going to... Well, I can't read the rest, but it doesn't matter. You paid, Barnes, didn't you, Miss Jordan? Wait, please, Mr. Stevens. You said the safe was open before the explosion. No one knew the combination but me. Jane couldn't have taken the money. Oh, yes, she could, sir. Jane worked in your office. She saw you open the safe a dozen times. Of course she did, but she was never close enough to see the numbers on the dial. Oh, she couldn't, Mr. Jordan, but her camera could. She must have snapped candid photos of you when you opened the safe, taking a new shot for each turn of the dial and later enlarged them. Isn't that what you did, Miss Jordan? Yes. Yes, it is. I had to have that money, so I figured out what I thought was a perfect plan. But I didn't mean to shoot the watchman. All I wanted was the money, but then while I was running down the steps, I I heard him call for me to stop and... Well, I must have shot him. Well, you better take her, Bill. Have this print for evidence. It's too bad for you, Miss Jordan, that the hypo solution developed not only my picture, but also a murder charge against you. Manhunt. The clue of the legal loophole that led to Manhunt. No crime has been committed yet. No murder has been done yet. No manhunt has begun yet. Come on now, Mr. Frank. Sit up just a little and drink this straw. I'm only doing this to please you, you know. Well, it didn't help you get well, Mr. French. I made it for you myself. Well, is it so bad now? Uh huh. Very good. You're as good a cook as you are a nurse. Uh, Doris, how long have you been with me? Almost two years, Mr. French. Uh, it's a long time to put up with an invalid. I've tried to show you I appreciate it, though. I've... What? Doris, please. I... I can't breathe. I... Oh, oh, oh! Help! Help! Somebody help! Mr. French is dead! Yes, death has laid an icy hand on the shoulder of an invalid. But it is man-made death that visited Morton French. Who will know that a murder has been committed? Who will know why and by whom? Who will start the manhunt? Manhunt and the clue of the legal loophole. I tell you, I don't care what anybody says. My husband was murdered. 
I demand an autopsy. Look, lady, this is the homicide department. We're busy. Guys are shooting people. Those are murders. You got no time to hold autopsies on everybody just because they're dead. You're going to find time to hold one on my husband, Sergeant Morton. If necessary, I'll go to the commissioner. I know he was murdered, and I'll never rest until the whole world knows it too. Hey, Joe, you busy? Nope, no experiments in the laboratory today, Bill. Pat and I are just clowning. Oh, what's in your mind? Plenty. You got another murder, Drew. Huh? A fellow named Morton French died yesterday. He'd been sick, and everybody thought heart failure was the cause of the death, but his widow demanded an autopsy. She got it. And our doc found enough poison in him to kill an elephant. Uh-huh. What's the whole setup, Bill? All I know is this guy French had three things. Money, a wife... And a pretty nurse. And enough poison in them to kill an elephant. That yeah. makes four things. Well, Bill, let's get up to the French house. Everybody knows that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. But it isn't supposed to be used as a pathway for poison. Now, you go ahead in, Bill, and find out what you can for Mrs. French about the nurse and vice versa. Vice versa, he says. About me finding out something from the nurse about Mrs. French. Okay, do that, too. Hey, look. Huh? Side window of the house. There's a gal climbing out of it. Oh, I'll get her, Bill. Go on, see Mrs. French. Okay. Oh. Sorry I startled you, miss. What happened? All the doors in this house locked? Let me alone or I'll scream for help. Oh, I doubt that. Who are you and what's the idea of the window exit in this police? My name's Doris Ashley. And the suitcase, it's to help me get away. There. Oh. Oh, oh, my head. The idea. Hey, hey, wait. Uh, which way'd she go? Uh, find beginnings of this case. <laughs> oh, wait till Bill hears about this. No matter how this case turns out now, he's going to be happy. Oh, well. Hey, Bill. In here, Bill. You got the girl? Wait till I find you, will you, Bill, before you ask questions. You know what happened? I. Oh, I beg your pardon. This is Mrs. French, Drew Stevens. How do you do? How do you do? The girl got away, Bill. I'll tell you about it later. Tell me about it later, he says. Tell me about it now. Listen, Bill, who's in charge of this case, you or me? What do you mean, who's in charge? I am, of course. Okay, then I'll tell you about it later. Okay. What were you saying, Mrs. French? The girl that got away was my husband's nurse, Doris Ashley. I wonder if... uh, Mr. Stevens, look at this, please. Oh, yes, sir. Thank you. Hmm. French's will. But you're the sole beneficiary of this will, Mrs. French. Yes, of that will. But my husband made another will a couple of days ago, leaving everything to his nurse. Mm-hmm. They didn't think I knew about it, but I did. That's what made me first suspect my husband was murdered. Where's that new will now? At the lawyer's office. Frank Grayson in the insurance building. Well, this kind of puts a pretty bright light on the whole thing. Would Miss Ashley have had the opportunity of putting poison into Mr. French's food? Yes, I guess so. But so would her brother. He was always around here, too. They uh, had Mr. French completely fooled. But not me. Yes, I can see that now. Well, have you any idea where Miss Ashley or her brother might be? She lived here. But her brother had a room downtown somewhere. I don't know where she's gone. Maybe to him. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I have an idea we haven't much trouble in this case as soon as I pick up that Ashley gal. Oh, so long, Bill. So long, Bill, he says. Where are you going? Who, me, Bill? Why, out to corral Miss Ashley. In fact, what you might say is I'm heading for the last roundup.
Hello. Pat, this is Drew. Oh, hello, boss. Listen, Pat, I want you to go right down to the office of a lawyer named Frank Grayson in the insurance building. Oh. Pick up a copy of Morton French's will, and I don't care how you get it. Catch on? You know me, the little shoplifter. Yeah, it's a new will, Pat. They got it at the office this week. Get it and meet me at the French house in an hour. Okay, I'll do it. So long, boss. So long. Don't turn, copper. Keep walking out the door and into that car at the curb. Oh, that thing in my back is a gun, I suppose. It ain't a corn cob pipe. Open the door. Okay, get into that car. You're driving. I haven't got a license, you know. You're going to have a death certificate unless you hop in. Now get... Okay. There. That's better. Okay. Now what? Come on, start her up. Stop stalling. Where do I drive to? Straight ahead. Look, copper, lay off the French murder. Lay off if you know what's good for you. Well, that's my job, you know, investigating murders. Did you kill French? Maybe. But you're not going to do anything about it. Don't turn to look at me. Keep your eyes on the road. I don't have to turn to know who you are. You're Doris Ashley's brother. That figures. Figuring could be bad for your health. What if I am? Nothing. Except you're being pretty foolish. If your sister murdered French, she'll get picked up. Not by me, then by somebody else. You can't kidnap the whole police force. Who says my sister killed him? Nobody. Maybe you did. But you'll get picked up eventually, too. The police know about you. I'm going to tell you something, copper. Yes? A couple of days ago, this guy French called in my sister Doris and me and asked us to witness something. We both signed our names. I got a slant at what we were signing. It was a will. Leaving everything to my sister. I don't know whether she knows what was in it or not. Do you know that she just slugged me with a valise and beat it out of the French house? I don't know anything about that, but if she skipped, she had a reason. Look, I've kicked around a lot, but my sister's been a doll. Maybe if she saw French's will, the idea of all that dough knocked her haywire and she poisoned the guy. Well, supposing it did happen that way. Then I'm confessing to the murder, see? Only first, I gotta know that she did it. Oh, Drew, I've been waiting for you for 15 minutes. Here's the will. Oh, good. Sorry I was delayed. Let me see. Mm-hmm. Leaves everything to Doris Ashley and she and her brother witnesses. What'd the lawyer say? He wasn't in. He's been out of town for a week. But I got the will, didn't I? Yes, you sure did, Pat. Wait a minute. Thought of something. Is Mrs. French at home? Yes, yeah, she's inside with Bill. Huh? All right, come on in with me. All right. Oh, don't get up, Mrs. French. Don't get up, he says. What are you doing back here, Drew? Just a second, though. Mrs. French, you told me that you saw the new will your husband made out. Yes, I saw it. It left everything to Doris Ashley. And as an extra insult, my husband had her and her brother witness it. Yes, that's correct. I have the will here. Are you going to contest it? On what grounds? The court will hold that the new will is the legal one. That's the law, you know. You're familiar with law, Mrs. French? Familiar with law, he says. Who cares about that? What I want to know is, where's the dame who poisoned Morton French? Hold it, Bill. Now, Mrs. French, how familiar are you with the law? I studied it for a while. Well, that's too bad. Bill, you can book Mrs. French for murder. She killed her husband. Huh? What? Why, that's preposterous. Why should I kill my husband? You're out of your mind, Drew. French would have been buried as a medical case if Mrs. French didn't yell for an autopsy. Yes, I know, Bill. Very clever of you, Mrs. French, but you poisoned your husband just the same. I repeat, why should I have poisoned my husband? So that Ashley girl could inherit his estate? I'm penniless, do you know that? No, I don't. And you know it isn't so either. 
As long as you know law, Mrs. French, you know the will would never hold up in court. Under the law, witness to a will cannot inherit. Any previously made will is then legal. Did you know that, Mrs. French? Yes, yeah, she knew it all right, but Mr. French didn't. He really wanted to leave his estate to the Ashley girl. Wait a minute. If French was buried as having died of heart failure, and his second will wasn't legal, Mrs. French still would have collected. She must have known that. What did she have to start the autopsy for? Yeah, not true. No, I'm not, Bill. You hated Doris Ashley, didn't you, Mrs. French? Why shouldn't I hate her? She worked her way into my house, stole my husband's affections, left me out in the cold. Oh, now, wait. You hated her. That's all I wanted to know. And you knew that when this new will was turned up, and you made sure we knew about it, suspicion would fall on her and her brother. She supplied us with their motive for murder by telling us about the new will. Very clever, Mrs. French, only it didn't work. True. You mean Mrs. French knew all along the second will was illegal, but she hated Doris Ashley so much she wanted her help for Mr. French's murder? Yes, that's right. That's how I planned it. But you'll never take me to prison. I've swallowed some of the same poison I gave my husband. Hey, you can't do that. The will... I'm sorry, but I've done it. I guess you can say where there's a will, there's always a way out. Welcome back. Uh, there, neither one of these mysteries, I think, was, uh, too impressive. The first one seemed to hinge on dumb luck of her actually taking a photograph of her desk after leaving an incriminating letter out, uh, that gave the clue to who done it. Uh, I mean, just a very odd behavior. And the second one, you really could not establish a case based on legal knowledge and the fact that the new will was invalid. But she took care of that by uh, killing herself. And actually, we have a complaint from a, or a criticism from another listener uh, regarding that on another series. But we'll get to that uh, when we get to uh, Thursday. Um, but n- now we turn to some listener comments and feedback. And uh, one place I, I've been getting listener comments but didn't know about it was from uh, Stitcher.com, where our podcast is uh, listed as a uh, available a show to listen to. And it appears in more than 2,000 playlists on Stitcher, which is an app you can get either for Android or for the uh, Apple products. So I'll go over some of these reviews over the next couple of days. And we start out with a comment from Aliska. Uh, I got hooked on the great detectives when I was laid up during my pregnancy. Now it's almost like a day without sunshine if I can't have my daily dose of nostalgia. And the baby, now a toddler, loves to listen too. She bounces and claps when the theme music comes on. I particularly uh, enjoy the trivia Adam adds at the end. At first his voice was grating. Bob Bailey, he is not. But what he had to say uh, was always interesting, so I listened anyway. Now it's as if he's an old friend and I don't even notice. Keep up the great work, Adam. Mangler PhD writes, uh, Adam adds commentary on the show, so he keeps his, his comments short before the show, then longer comments at the end. I usually uh, like them. If I do not, I fast forward. Listen to a variety of podcasts. Adams is the best. Uh, Johnny Dollar is terrific. 
And Peter in Brussels writes, listening to programs like this is not just fun. They're a window into how people saw life, issues, and the world at that period. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate your comments on uh, and uh, reviews on Stitcher. And then uh, just a simple comment on Podcast Alley. Love the shows. Well, thanks so much. I do appreciate all your uh, comments and support. And that will actually do it for today. We will be back tomorrow with uh, Pat Novak for Hire. And join us next Monday for the very last two episodes we have of Manhunt. In the meantime, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.